that. And um, just wanted to share that with you. All right, tonight we're going to be in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Again in verse number 9. Romans chapter 4, verse number 9. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse 9, and we'll go down to verse 12. Verse 9 says, Cometh this, uh, cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How is it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe. Though they be, uh, they be not circumcised, that righteousness may, might be imputed unto them also. And the father of uncircumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. And tonight I want to talk about how righteousness is obtained, how righteousness is obtained. There's a lot of confusion in this world surrounding the matter of salvation and getting right with God. I find it pretty amazing that since the Bible is crystal clear in this area that people uh, try to make this so complicated. However, there is a group of people that say baptism is a requirement for salvation. Others say that they must be amongst a certain group, a denomination in order to be saved. Still others claim that they have to keep certain sacraments or ordinances uh, if they expect to get to heaven. And if you listen to every single voice that's out there, you're in a terrible mess because, because could I tell you that you will never know where you stand with God if you listen to every single voice that's out there. All you really need to know that no matter what you, uh, and you but, but you know, all you would know, but, uh, all you would know if you heard everything was that you were never enough. You're never enough to get to heaven. Now, this seems to be the attitude that Paul is attempting to combat in this chapter in the book of Romans. He has just told the Jews that getting right with God is simply a matter of faith. He tells him that salvation does not rest in one's obedience to the law, neither does he rely on, does it rely on good works. Uh, uh, he tells us that such blessings such as justification, righteousness, salvation, and forgiveness are all given to us freely. And uh, it's clear that when we trust Christ as personal Savior, those things become real in our life. And after telling the Jews that the law cannot save and that the works won't do it either, he proceeds to tell them that circumcision also will not get them to heaven. Well, if the law, if the works and circumcision won't work uh, to get right with God, then what will? What will do it? And this is the question that Paul's answers in these verses tonight. And I want to look at these together and see how the righteousness is obtained. Uh, the first I want you to see tonight is the plan for receiving righteousness. The plan for seeing righteousness. In verse 9, the Bible says, Cometh this blessedness then upon the, un the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. 
Now, there's some confusion here. The, uh, or Paul anticipates the objection of his Jewish audience and begins to address the issue of, uh, of circumcision. Now, obviously, the Jews, uh, the Jewish people were far more attached uh, to the significance of circumcision than we do in our day and time. Uh, but for them, circumcision had come to be a mark of salvation and in a man's life. For us, it's merely a medical procedure. Um, uh, but we do it for hygiene. Now, the Jews, on the other hand, attached great meaning to the rite uh, uh, of circumcision. For instance, there was a rabbi that once said, Our rabbis have said that no circumcised man will ever see hell. Man, can you imagine that? That that person said that, that a circumcised person will never see hell. Uh, even in Jewish books, it says the, uh, it follows up those claims. Listen to a phrase that's in one of these books. Uh, Abraham sits before the gate of hell and does not allow any circumcised Israelite should enter there. Can you imagine that? Now, I, I don't want to say, uh, you know, I know Abraham's in heaven today. I don't believe he's sitting at the gates of hell. Um, but, you know, th th this just theory is just, uh, just makes me flabbergasted. I'm like, what in the world were they thinking? But in other words, they attached their eternal security to the right of circumcision. Some Jews went so far as to teach that if a man committed idolatry, God would have to supernaturally remove his circumcision in order for that man to go to hell. Can you imagine these Jews, that these Jewish people actually believed? The whole point here is this. For the Jews, circumcision was far more than a rite. It was the point of entrance into living and a true relationship with God. If they were sincere about it, I believe they're sincerely wrong about it. But now why, would they, why did they attach the mean, this meaning to circumcision? Perhaps it would help us tonight to understand what it is uh, but, uh, as, uh, as we look at uh, the three things that I believe uh, they told about us. Uh, listen to this. Uh, his body, uh, they are this. His body was permanently marked. This is what the circumcision told the Jewish people. Uh, once it was done, circumcision could not be undone. Uh, this served as a permanent reminder of his relationship with the Lord. So it served as a, a permanent mark. Uh, it also, uh, it, uh, his body was uh, privately marked as well. The Jewish male might live any way he pleased. He might uh, serve other gods, live a life that in the fullness, do much sin as he want. But however, every time he would go to bed or he would go take a shower or whatever it is, um, he would see for himself that he's uncircumcised or that he is circumcised. And he could never get away from the fact that he was a marked man. So this is what they believed about this. And also his body was a, uh, it was a powerful, it was powerfully marked. If a Jew had committed adultery, he would be reminded of his relationship with God. Uh, and, it, and, and this was kind of the way they, they thought about this. But we, we see the same kind of mindset in the world today. Now, it isn't about circumcision. But people uh, attach spiritual significance uh, to the rituals like baptism or communion or good works, etc. They attach these things. Uh, uh, they attach uh, different, um, excuse me, different rituals, different significance to these kind of things. But the bottom line is that people are confused about the matter of salvation. Uh, 
They're confused about it and, uh, and how to obtain the righteousness of God. Uh, but we see some clarification. So there was some confusion, but there's some clarification here. Paul clears it up for us. Now Paul takes steps to set the record straight. Paul tells us again without, uh, without any specific words that Abraham was saved by faith alone. It was not works, it was not the law, and it was not the ritual of circumcision. It was by pure faith in God. He believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Uh, nothing has changed in this area as well. It hasn't changed even in today's age. Salvation is by faith for everybody who gets saved. Uh, it, is, it, it, it can come about in no other way. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We need to be sure that we're trusting God in faith alone. It's faith in Jesus Christ alone. Uh, there's nothing else that attaches to salvation. Uh, it, just, it does boggle my mind that a lot of people today like to, use, uh, like to attach things to to salvation. They want to say you got to live a good life. You got to do so many good things. You got to uh, be the right person or you got to uh, do all these kind of things. Remember we talked about all these other religions in today's age. They're a do kind of denominations. But we live, but folks, we're in a, in a Christianity which is a done thing. It is done completely. When Jesus paid the price on the cross, it is done and it is done forever. The only thing we have to do is believe. That's the only thing we have to do. There's no ritual about it. There's no uh, strings attached to it. Uh, it's not like a Budweiser commercial or anything that has uh, consequences back at the end of it. It is uh, just believing in Jesus and that's it. That's all you have to do. Praise God for that. But see, he clarifies this. He clarifies that it's by faith and faith alone. So that's the plan for receiving uh, righteousness. But I also notice there's a pattern for receiving righteousness. And that's in verse 10. How was it then reckoned when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. Now, there's another uh, point of confusion for the Jews here. If the righteous was reckoned to Abraham, did it come before or after he was circumcised? This was a matter that needed to be addressed to the Jews. They were pinning their hopes of heaven on the ritual of the flesh. And as a result, many Jews uh, were going to die and going to hell. Um, but we see that, by the way, things haven't changed as well tonight. People are still looking to everything under the sun for salvation. They're looking for anything in order to be saved. Uh, this world is confused about this matter and needs to hear the truth from the child of God. They need to hear it from the children of God. They need to hear it from us who have the answer. We know how to be saved. This is how we need to go and tell people about Christ. Um, they're not going to hear it from, from uh, especially our government. They're not going to hear it uh, from anywhere else. They're going to need to hear it from us, folks. They need to hear, the only way they're really going to hear it is from us. Um, but can I tell you that the, this world is so confused in the matter of salvation. Um, and they need to see the truth lived out by those who claim to know Christ. You know, it's not enough just to tell about Christ. 
We need to see what we are doing. We need to live out what we're preaching. We need to, we need to show them what we're doing. Uh, uh, we need to live right because, look, if we're not living right and we're just saying what's right, they're going to look at us what we're doing um, on any other day of the week, and they're going to look at us and be like, well, they're not living the same way that they're talking about, so why do I need to get saved? Why do I need to live that way if they themselves are not doing that? See, this is the thing that a lot of Christians are doing in today's age. They're, they're talking about Christ. They're coming to soul winning. They're preaching uh, about uh, how to get saved. They're saying how to uh, live a good life, how to, uh, how, what you're supposed to do. But then they're going out on Monday and doing some other things that they shouldn't be doing. They're going out to the, the bars. They're going out, uh, they're going to smoke a cigarette. They're going to, uh, they're going to places where they shouldn't go. They're watching things they shouldn't watch. Folks, people are watching us today. People are watching us and they're seeing uh, what kind of lifestyles that we're living. And not just what we're saying, but they're watching. What, can, you, can I tell you that what you do is, it, it speaks more volumes than what you say. Your actions speak louder than your words, as the phrase goes. Um, but can I tell you, this truth needs to be drilled into our, into our hearts, into our minds. Salvation has never been about what we do. It's always been about who we are uh, or whose we are. If we belong to the Lord, then we are saved. We're forgiven, uh, adopted into the family of God, as we sang tonight. And I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. God tonight. Thank God that he saved my wretched soul and declared me uh, righteous. Now, if we are not trusted, uh, if we have not trusted the Lord by faith, then we are lost. And uh, there's no matter what we do, no matter what, what we do, we can come to church, we can sing the songs, we can, uh, we can pray, we could read our Bibles. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible says that you're on your way to hell. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, and this is what people have been trying to, uh, trying to think about. And the whole point of this section is this, to tell men that salvation cannot be found in a baptismal pool. It cannot be found in communion or church membership. Uh, salvation can and will continue to only be found in the person of Jesus Christ. When, this, when, when a man is still saved by trusting in the blood of Christ and the resurrection from the dead, nothing else will save uh, this is a point that has been proven, and uh, it's take. I want to take a moment to, to how it's been proven by two different men in the Word of God. First is the thief on the cross. Think about the thief on the cross. Uh, Luke chapter 23, verse 39 through 43. Let's go back to Luke chapter number 23. In Luke chapter number 23, verse number 39 through 43, <clears throat> we see the thieves on the cross with Jesus. Luke chapter number 23, verse number 39. Bible says, And one of the uh, malefactors which were hanged, uh, hanged rally, uh, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And watch verse number 23. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Boy, can I tell you, think about the thief on the cross. This man trusted Christ for salvation and he was saved. But think about, he never went to church. He never sang in the choir. He never...
witness to somebody. He never gave and he was never baptized. This man did nothing but trust Jesus for salvation. And he saved. Perfect example. All things, all the things that he never got to do are the things that we should do. But it's not things that will get you to heaven, folks. Because the perfect example is that thief on the cross. He uh, lived his life the way he wanted to. He did things he shouldn't have done. But when he realized that Jesus was the answer, he asked Jesus to save him. And what did Jesus say in verse number 43? Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Boy, praise God that he saved sinners. Praise God that we don't have to do things to get to heaven, but all to believe Jesus. But think about another, think about another example, Judas Iscariot in John chapter number 6. Uh, let's go back to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse number 66. John chapter 6, 66, and uh, we'll go down to verse number 71. John chapter 6, beginning in verse 66, it says, For that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answer, answered him, Lord, to whom shall, uh, shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And he believed, and, are the, and we believed, and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, answered unto them, Have I not chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? And he spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Uh, and excuse me, that, that's the last verse. We'll quit there. But um, can I tell you that this man lived and walked with Jesus. He walked with him for over three years of Jesus' ministry. He was active in the Lord's ministry. Matthew chapter 5, we talk, talks about that. Yet Jesus himself looked at Judas and said that he was lost. He said he was a devil there. He, uh, and, I, and I believe tonight that Judas is in hell tonight, folks, because of what he, uh, what he betrayed the Lord. Uh, it isn't about what you do. It's all about who you know. It's all about who you know tonight. You need to know the Lord Jesus, and that's the way to be to heaven. It's not about what you do. But the plan for receiving salvation or righteousness, the pattern for receiving righteousness, also leads me into number three, the proof of receiving righteousness. Uh, let's go back to Romans chapter number 4, and let's look at verses number 11 and 12. Romans chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. It says, And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be a father of them for all of them that believe. Though they be not uh, circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of uh, circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. We see the proofs of receiving righteousness. Now Paul moves from defending his position on salvation through faith to telling Jews how one demonstrates that he is a professor of righteousness. Uh, the, there are two points that Paul makes clear here that must be noted. Uh, he talks about circumcision as a sign. Uh, the ritual in, in the flesh was to serve as a reminder to the Jews that they were in a vital relationship with God and that they were to demonstrate the truth of that relationship by walking with him in faith. 
day by day. You know, if I'm going to, uh, let's just say if I'm going to Atlanta and I see a sign that says Atlanta in 100 miles, you know, I know that that sign is not Atlanta, but yet the sign has the value because it points to the way of Atlanta. It points that I'm 100 miles away. It's the same is the true with the circumcision. It's not, it was not in the relationship, but it reminded the Jews that they belonged to God. That's the way it should be done. But also circumcision is a seal. A seal is something that is usually placed on a document and tells everybody who looks at it that it is the real deal, that it is uh, authentic, it is uh, absolutely the way uh, it's from this person. Now basically circumcision was meant to serve as a reminder to the Jews that he was supposed to walk in a humble submission with the Lord. It was to be an outward symbol and an in, of an inward relationship. And, the, and it, it, it's much the same like baptism. You know, baptism does not get you to heaven, but it is a public uh, profession that you have trusted Jesus as your Savior. It's showing everybody around you that, hey, I got saved. I am publicly uh, identifying that I have gotten saved. It's, the, it's along the same manner. Now, circumcision only had value as long as it was occupied by the heart uh, walking in surrender and obedience to the Lord. So it was with all the other religious stuff that we do in this life. If only, uh, it, it only has value for us when our hearts and are already right with the Lord through salvation when it comes by faith. Now I think these truths would be clearly illustrated by, um, by a wedding ring. Think about this, the wedding ring that I wear, this ring is a symbol that I'm committed to Jenna. I'm committed to her. Um, now, when people see it, when people see me with this wedding ring on, uh, they know that I'm married, right? They, when they see it, without even knowing a thing about me, they know that I'm off the market. There's nobody else that's going to take me. Uh, and, you know, uh, in, it's a public sign that I belong to her. Now, if, if I were to take this ring off and just go somewhere else without it, and I have gone without it before just because I've mistakenly forgotten it. But if I go out somewhere and I don't have my wedding ring on, which, by the way, you could probably see a little bit of where it's worn, so you could kind of tell. But if I were to not wear my wedding ring and go out, does that mean I'm not married? Absolutely not. It means I am still married. It just shows it's just not there. But I wear it. Why do I wear it then? Why do I wear it if it's not? Or if it's because I'm proud of who she is and that I want the world to know that I am committed to her. It's because I love her. It's because I'm, I'm married to her. Now for just a moment, suppose some other guy, some single person came and stole my wedding ring and he put my wedding ring on. Does that mean he's married to her? Absolutely not. But he's got my wedding ring, you know, but it's not in the ring, folks. It's because of who we're committed to. It's not the, it's not the ring. Uh, but you see where I'm kind of saying here in a comparison to a spiritual matter. Uh, this is uh, someone who has never been saved but has been baptized or has been uh, an active church member. You know, uh, let's just say that this pictures baptism. Oh, a person's been baptized and they've come to church. But that, does that make them saved? Absolutely not. It doesn't. It's only by faith in Jesus Christ, folks. That's the only way you get saved. If you can see what I'm saying, you understand this. Uh, it, it just doesn't work unless it's done the Lord's way. It's got to be done the right way. 
It has proven, it's proven by what we believe. Think about it, verse number 11. Let's go back to verse 11. And he received a sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had made, yet, or he, which he had yet been uncircumcised, that he might be a father of all them that believe, though they were not, be, not, uh, be not circumcised, that the righteousness might be imputed unto them also. With all this in mind, does the uncircumcised Gentile have the right to call Abraham father? But yes, but only if he has the same kind of faith that Abraham had. That's what he's talking about here. It all boils down to what you are trusting in for your salvation. When the Lord Jesus stood before Pilate, Pilate asked the, uh, the, the question to the crowd, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? The crowd responded that day by telling Pilate to crucify him. But what is your response to that question? Have you, what have you done with him? Uh, it is also proven of how we believe. In verse number 12, it says, And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. Now, what about the Jew? Does he have the right to claim Abraham as his spiritual father? Again, the answer is yes, but only if he demonstrates the same kind of faith that Abraham lived out day by day. The whole point here is that if you really walk in faith, then your life will show it. Your life will show if you live out your life in faith. You will prove that you are saved, not by the way, what you say, but rather what you do. Um, and by the way, I believe uh, what you do, uh, will do will tell you what's in your heart. Um, you can say all you want to, but what you live in this life will tell what's in your heart. Um, I know some people tonight who say they're saved, they're doing all, but they're, they're living like the world tonight. Why? Because uh, it shows on the outward appearance what they're doing. They're actually saying some things that are uh, about, uh, they're, they're living and talking like the world, even though they say they're saved. But I question it because if they're talking and living like the world, there's something wrong in here. There's something wrong in there. But if, the, if, if our heart is right, if we're doing what's right, if we're saved, it ought to exhibit on the outside what we live, what's on the inside, folks. Um, tonight, I'm sure glad that I'm saved tonight. You know, I, I'm, you know I'm so glad that I, you know, I trusted Jesus as my Savior. And I'm even glad that I'm a Baptist tonight, praise God. But, I, but even more so, I'm glad that, I, uh, that I'm glad that I'm saved. You know, I'm saved before I'm a Baptist. I'm saved before I'm a Baptist. I believe that, and by the way, Baptists are not the only people that are going to be in heaven. I've said this before. It is the truth. All Baptists, uh, there's some Baptists that are going to be in hell. I believe that because they don't trust Jesus. You know, there's going to be some Mormons. There's going to be some Catholics. There are going to be some uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. There are going to be a lot of those people in heaven because they trust Jesus as their Savior. But it's only because of that. It's not because of their nomination. It's not because of what they believe. It's because they believe Jesus saved them. You know, I'm sure glad that I am a Baptist tonight, uh, but I'm so glad that I'm saved even more. Um, you, you see, tonight I know that I'm saved not because of things that I have done, uh, or am doing or will do for God. I am saved tonight because of who I'm trusting in for my salvation. If, uh, if, if we're doing it by works, it won't work. We talked about works don't work. Works do not work for salvation. 
only believing on Jesus. So what are you trusting in tonight? I understand that I'm probably preaching to all saved people tonight. But look, there's a lot of people today who claim to be saved, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not doubting your salvation, but there's a lot of people in our families, in, out there, and even our community, that are trusting in something else tonight. But what, what is our job is to tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. We have an opportunity for that this Saturday in soul winning. And I know some people are going to be out of town. I know some people can't make it, and that's fine. But look, wherever you go, you ought to be telling people about Christ. Wherever you're going. You know, you know, we were in Alabama, and we, tried, we went out and talking to telling people about Christ. You know, we, we, and I'm not doing that to boast myself up, but we ought to be continuing to go wherever we are. Whatever, wherever we are, whatever country, whatever state we're in, we ought to be sharing Christ. It doesn't have to be limited to just this section of Louisiana. We need to be telling everybody about Christ because he's coming soon, folks. I believe he's coming soon, and Lord help, I hope he does come soon because there is so much going on in this world. There's just so much bad that's going on, but I'm ready for to see the Lord. I hope you are too. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you for the day. You give-